Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw Podcast, of course. What's that? Mm, sit back, relax, and listen. And you're all casamatics. You're all casamatics. Sneaking in the back door with Teddy Maxine. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on the jeans. And you're all casamatics. Thanks for tuning in to the Screw Podcast with Alicia Rose and A Love. Sup? How y'all doing? I just want to know who's still listening to this podcast. <laughs> we, I feel like there is a swath of humans that listens and doesn't follow us online. And that's cool because it's like a little secret secret. Yeah. But at the same time, who are you? I want to know. Yeah. We, have your, we have your demographic stats, but I don't know who you are. Yeah, we so know where you are as like a pinpoint on a map, but we don't know who you are, who you are. I got to yeah. say, when I look at like the diversity and like internationalism, that seems to be our podcast. Like there's some tiny village like on the border of Nepal that says somebody's listening to us there. Who knows like who I sucked off in a fucking bathroom up there, but like they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I like how you immediately assume it's somebody that you've like had an intercourse situation with instead of just the assumption that somebody stumbled upon it or used like a search yeah. word. Thanks for listening. You know, we love you. You know, we've been doing this for a hot minute. Several hot minutes. <laughs> I don't even know how long. <laughs> uh, I think it's still I think it's seven years, six years, something like that. Oh my goodness. Fuck yeah. See, you know, we started this decades ago, so I just I don't think we'll ever stop recording ourselves speaking to one another, whatever the platform is, whatever the format is. It doesn't actually matter. Aaron and I are going, I'm sorry, Aaron and I are going to continue to speak to each other and provide y'all with a copy to listen to. You know, that, well said, well stated. And, you know, maybe somebody will sponsor us at some point. Maybe not. Um, and that's okay. Fuck you. Self-funded. Uh, <laughs> that'll really attract us sponsors. Um, but, you know, I, as somebody was, somebody was, you know, talking to me about it the other day, like, why, you know, why do you do it? And I was like, you know, at this point, it's therapy. It's therapy and, the, like, the best possible way to talk to somebody you love and that you've known for a long time and knows you and to get to, like, yeah, talk about stuff that's, like, bugging you or that is interesting you or that is, like, worrying you or that's exciting you, you know? Okay, but to be fair, we talk about that stuff before we actually press record. <laughs> well, that's so true. I... I, and I have tried to quit this podcast like a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I'm a curmudgeon and I see it. I see sometimes there is, you know, I feel like our numbers should be higher, this or that. And then Aaron is like, knock, knock, knock. Hello. Are you stupid? You this is not why we do it. We don't do it for fame and fortune. We do it. And I'm like, you're right. You know, I think I'm always in a business mindset because of what my job is. Because, and yeah. So, you know, there's a correlation in my head between producing content and being paid for said content. But I have to remember that this is something that we do enjoy on our downtime, on our off time, if you will. And it gives us something 
to look forward to that isn't just work related or just school related or whatever it is that is in our you know general vicinity at that time so i'm i do enjoy it and i i'm very happy that you haven't allowed me to quit (laughs) (laughs) well i'm happy that you haven't quit and like you know honestly i don't think anybody makes you do anything you don't want to do you are like me in that respect and that's why i've always respected you making me it's just it it only takes me uh, honestly it doesn't take me much to agree to do stuff (laughs) hug my shirt and point and i'm like okay fine even if it's a thing i didn't want to do you know i'm the easily influenced friend Mm. well that's there's a, I also put my foot down about a lot of stuff. But regardless, it's, you know, you're just like, hey, do it. And I'm like, okay, fine. Hey, you know, boundaries are important. <laughs> boundaries are important, but so is adventure. <laughs> it's, it's a balance. It's very true. So I wanted, like, so part of my head is, like, you know, I love the kind of, like, unpopular opinions kind of things, like, tropes that you see online sometimes. Um, but, like... I also love, you know, I don't know. I don't want to call it a call out because I hate all that garbage. It's incredibly like conservative and thought, but I've been seeing this thing going around a lot. And my partner was the first one to like, you know, do a cough call bullshit on, on this particular individual's um, kind of allyship. Um, and saying, yeah, you know, it's convenient to have queer fans and, like, to pay them lip service every once in a while. But, like, what is really being done here? So, you know, I am going to unpopularly critique Dolly Parton. <laughs> I knew it based off of your... Oh, my post? Hell yeah. So, like, the quote is, when asked, you know, because of the shit going down in Tennessee, anti-trans laws and and general bigotry, um, you know, somebody asked her about it, and this is her quote. I've got transgender people. I've got gays. I've got lesbians. I've got drunks, I've got drug addicts, all within my own family. I know and love them all, and I do not judge. No offense. (laughs) Let me take care of the second half first. We are way beyond a time where I do not judge is sufficient enough for allyship. And I've actually started thinking about, like, the level of Dolly's allyship in terms of, like, stuff she's quoted saying. And it is essentially, like, I don't think you're the devil or I don't think you're a sinner or I love everyone. I'm not sure, but, like, I personally don't think that's good enough for an idea of support to say I don't judge. The fuck? What would you judge for, first of all? That's that's, that's very bad very bad wording and maybe she didn't mean it that way i'd like to think she didn't mean it the way that it sounds but you have been an entertainer since you were 16 years old the one thing you should know how to do is choose your words i agree i agree when you have listen when you have a platform that that big you should not say anything unless you say it the right way right especially at that point in your career obviously slip-ups are made but if for me so i find myself thinking have i ever accidentally worded something a little funky monkey right sure and i have i have right here on this podcast many times me too absolutely but how many times have i almost instantly 
been like, oh, that's the wrong wording. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck, we're going to get canceled for that. You know, <laughs> I'll have like right. instant regret for accidentally kind of putting my foot in my mouth with with the way that I word a certain statement. Maybe it comes out of my head wrong or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. But when you have that big of a reach, you really do have to be purposeful with the things you say. And mm. if you're trying to make a point about queer allyship, saying that you do not judge and then also lumping things uh-huh. together that don't make sense to uh-huh. lump together now i am very much an advocate for people that are you know dealing with or have dealt with drug abuse i absolutely am on team you know addicts are absolutely de- battling a disease i and it's not something that you can just wake up and snap your fingers and fix i am a huge advocate for that but no doubt. what she's trying to imply is first of all both groups deserve judgment and also or i should say could possibly be under judgment but also totally. to to imply that somebody with a disease is the equivalent as a queer person is yeah not exactly good optics yeah it's not and and i'm gonna be honest it feels like like you're playing both sides right it's like you're making a kind of argument that like i don't judge anybody without actually fully coming out and saying you know my fans that are queer are incredibly valuable to me because they have had my back for fucking decades now and I also have some kind of rednecky bigoting fans. You, you, you've just like put it in a position that is like, I'm here for everyone. That's not allyship. <laughs> That's being a human being, which is cool, <laughs> but it's not next step. And like, look, I, I have been in so many debates over the years with my partner over Dolly Parton. I've like defended her, and then like you know. This latest one left me scratching my head. And then recently, um, uh, Kim Denaro, who um, we've worked with before, um, she she's posted like a, a kind of like reversion of Dolly's nine to five. And look, I've always thought nine to five was a great labor song. It's like really about like the pains of being in wage labor slavery. Right. And the lyrics are very like serious lyrics about like how horrible bosses can be and, you know, not having free time. But Dolly has added like such a poppy uptick to it. That message kind of gets lost and you end up doing the opposite. You end up kind of and here's my other critique from someone who really to my knowledge, has never had a nine-to-five job in their life. (laughs) There is an irony to her singing this song, because as far as I'm aware, she's been somewhat known in music since she was a gospel singer at 16 in the Smoky Mountains, right? So, like, you know, I've, like, come to critique, like, look, all entertainers are slightly opportunistic. I get it. But whenever I see the community propped up non-queer people as their heroes... Um, it does make me, like, pause and wonder, like, you know, they don't need us to advertise for them. (laughs) They're famous and they're rich already. And secondly, there are plenty of people within the community (laughs) that are doing, like, where are your 
you know, Bayer Rustin t-shirts, right? Like, where are your, like, James Baldwin t-shirts? <laughs> like, where are your Martha t-shirts? Like, going around wearing Dolly and praising Disney for her being, like, a major corporation. These are all rich people, and they're not putting money in any of our pockets. <laughs> so, like, just think twice before we have these ferocious arguments about allyship. You know, I saw this thing going back about... um Oh, who's the scream queen there? I always forget her name from Halloween. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. And about like, you know, you know, she has a queer iconship to her, right? But there's like these infighting going on online about like her seemingly not coming off strongly enough about the Gaza situation, right? So like, you know, she said something at a press conference was basically like not a call for ceasefire, but like a, a pause or whatever. I don't know what fucking language some of these people think they're using right now, but genocide be genocide. <laughs> so like, you know, uh, but all, all in the point of like, you know, it was reminiscent to me of like all the queers that were like fiercely, not all the queers, but like a certain echelon of queers that were supporting Hillary Clinton during the elections and being like, I'm not sure what you think Hillary Clinton has done for you as a queer person and what you think warrants her support. Like, all her husband and her gave us was Doma, which was horrible. <laughs> and, like, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which was also horrible. <laughs> so, like, I'm always a little... Oh, and then, like, let's not forget, like, when Nancy Reagan died... I'm not sure where we thought Nancy Reagan was a queer icon. She was a horrible person with her husband in terms of queer rights issues and the HIV crisis. So I just, like, I want us to be more critical of some of these stars that we're giving our undying, you know, support to. Like, well, I think you said it best when you said, like, we're setting the bar really low. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So this, this this person's a queer icon because they make music that is remixed at the club that we dance to right. or like you know, or because they weird. don't hate us oh yay thank you for not hating me <laughs> you could say somebody is like a queer sex symbol even if they're not a queer person i understand how that happens you know i, I do understand that there is a lot of you know pop stars and whatnot that are queer icons technically right. but that's again because it's music queer people listened to it doesn't mean that they came out about your rights and and, right what marched on washington and gave shit or or helped expose people to queer stuff like i'll give i was very critical of bad bunny i thought he was doing a lot of fucking queer baiting until he started actually mentioning queer artists in his songs and giving them props on his platform and bringing attention to to queer stuff not just queer performative like conversation but actually like drawing in a conversation propping up queer artists that are doing the work like i thought that was i mean the most famous artist in the world brought up a trans singer three times on his new album. Viano Antiano. I always have a hard time pronouncing her last name. Viano Antiano. I think that's it. Something like that. I apologize. I'm still trying to learn Spanish. Oish. 
Anyway, <laughs> I'll get there, I promise. And, like, you know, listening to, like, you know, things like Tokisha get mentioned, I mean, we are in a new era of which we should expect more. If you want the queer dollar, put it put it where your fucking platform is. Like, prop us up. Like, you know, talk about us. Like, educate about us, you know? That's what I want to see. I don't want to see, well, I don't judge them. They're cool. No worries. <laughs> I'm not throwing Bibles at them. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I don't yeah. think they should go through conversion therapy. Okay, cool. Thanks. But no, not enough in the 21st century. Fuck that. Like, queerness has been around since the dawn of time. Everybody's behind the curve. Well, and especially if you're a, a person benefiting off of the popularity of queerness as far as the, look at people right. with like the bimbo pop star persona. Right. You are copying campy gay men. Right. Let's be honest. You yeah. are copying the mannerisms of people you saw on RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh-huh. You are copying the the dress, the allure, the the you know ability to have a ton of makeup on but still look very you know debonair and all that like (laughs) you are you're stealing so much from groups of people that you don't do enough for in return and that's the saddest part is that you know you are you are not on the front lines of anything you are simply just benefiting from it and then oh yeah yeah i support yeah, that's not enough. Just like you can't just be quoted as saying you support. This isn't 1992 where right. like you are, it's still that controversial to support. Like if you if you have a strong enough fan base, your fans will migrate with you in their thoughts and beliefs. You don't have to worry about you know. And if you don't like, why do you want a fan base of racist, homophobic, transphobe assholes? Right, right. you shouldn't want that. Right. So if you yeah. get some money from speaking up for your beliefs. So fucking be it. Well, and I think that was, like, the kind of issue, like, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, where, like, Taylor Swift, like, finally, like, people were like, you have a lot of white supremacist fans that have websites dedicated to you, and you have stayed mum about this for an awful long time. (laughs) Girl, you want to speak up and say something? (laughs) And she eventually did, you know, probably because it was good for business, you know, and seeing that she's now a billionaire, I guess it was good for business. Um, But like, you know, like, right, it's not enough to say thank you to my queer fans. I really love you. Like, you know, that's nothing, you know, Um, anyways, I, I, you know, like, Here's an example. Like, we watched, what did we watch? Um, the um, w- Pride, World Pride stage and um, in New York. And Bette Midler was there. And, like, there's a queen that's been there since she was performing in bathhouses. And she's there throughout the HIV crisis. She's thrown her voice and her politic at times that weren't popular. And I'll say the same thing for Madonna. It's one thing to ride the gravy train when somebody else has already risked reputation and, and, and whatever to be in the unpopular opinion to be a human and to care about human things, you know? And, and you know... 
some of this like old icons, like listening to the language, listening to somebody who like is like, I know you, you know, I know you, I'm friends with you, I'm your sister, right? That is like a beautiful thing, right? That's something that feels real, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but anyways, I digress. It's just, I see it and I, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of like spending a lot of our energy propping up like kind of performative allyship, you know? Yeah. Okay, fine. You look it up. I'm sure Dolly has given money to somebody or some organization somewhere. Great. No, of course. And that's not. (laughs) That's also a tax break and probably good for business too. (laughs) Right. Giving your money isn't enough when you don't understand that it's, it's, it's not okay to imply that diseases are the same as queerness and i i understand the thought process of i like if if she had prefaced it with i support all of the people that y'all hate right and then went on to say queer people you know drug addicts fine okay give us an umbrella like thought that makes more sense for what you're about to say but instead, what is the exact quote? Hold on, let me let me look up your thing. It, it is. I've got transgender people. I've got gays. I've got lesbians. I've got drunks. I've got drug drug addicts. All within my own family. I know and love them all. I and I do not judge. What? I get it. It's folksy. And and you know what? My bigger issue isn't even so much that she said it. Like I don't give a fuck. Good for you. My issue is that we're clapping it. In the community. This is not a clappable quote. This is a clappable (laughs) on a scale of zero to five of clap. It's a negative one. Honestly, it's no clappable. It's problematic. So like I ain't going to cancel her. But why are we fucking posting it everywhere? I've seen it like 500 times in the last couple of weeks. She made it several weeks ago. Like, or actually, I think it's even longer than that. It was right around the time when like the shit really went down with, with in Tennessee. And like, it's not clappable. If you really want to be against what they're doing down there, I want some fucking forceful words because people's lives are at stake. It's insufficient. It's not fucking clappable. It's the opposite of clappable. <laughs> what is the opposite of clappable? It's well, <laughs> like, what do you do? Is it booable? Boo. <laughs> I don't, listen, I know Dolly has been a a person that has spoke about LGBTQ rights in the past, and yeah. I appreciate. I appreciate that especially in a community that is is you know more often than not you know homophobic transphobic etc that's very helpful it is it Mm. is it's not enough in my opinion but it is helpful and it starts with conversation it starts with speaking up it starts with all that but just be careful when you're discussing you know again I just don't I don't really like that she like the way that she said it it didn't give me an idea that she thinks that there's anything different between diseases and queerness and I don't like that I think that that is very dangerous because in the same breath you're thinking of 
people that are, you know, drug users that have a disease again, and people that cannot, I don't know, I it's just, uh, I don't know how to say, I can't articulate it the way that I want to, but right. essentially don't like, it's a slippery slope, right? Yeah. It's, it's, well, oh, she's locking in drug users. Right. So, well, well, what the fuck, you know, one's a disease, so you're you're saying gays are a disease too, you know? Right. I, I, it, it, it wasn't her intent at all, and I know that. Right. But you careful, you know, again, like, you have a big platform. You have to be careful with how you word things. But, and, it, and it still does feed into, like, you know, shame-based times. Like, here's my transition <laughs> real quick. Because, like, you know, we do live in a kind of city, urban, progressive context in our heads. You and I a lot because that's what we're exposed to, right? And moving out to, like, the Southwest, I'm very quickly reminded of, like, the Worcesters and the Springfields and the Hartfords and the smaller cities of the world and what it's like for people there. And and that, you know, not everybody has caught up with, like, the times and the fierceness of it. And that there is still real structural risk and, and, and stuff to coming out. Um, you know, we were talking before we hopped on the, the record about coding. And, like, you know, I've had to explain to people, like, you know, not just my partner, but other people they, that are here in Albuquerque from other more progressive places. Like, and it's a pretty progressive city. But, like, LA, San Francisco, that Cisco, that, like, don't understand why, like, not necessarily every professor here that's queer is out of the closet. Like, in why some people still don't feel comfortable coming out in the workplace and that they're, you know, using terminology that is, like, reminiscent of 20-something years ago where, like, they're coming out very kind of coded ways and, like, playing pronoun games when referring to significant others and, you know, and, and all of that is cool um <laughs> in one sense like we have to understand but dolly doesn't get to be in that position like you're a woman of the world <laughs> you know and while some of your peeps may not be there you know yet you know the people that follow you and understand you like we don't change people's comfortability by just saying like you know it's you know, it's like that difference between tolerance and acceptance. Anybody who's still, like, begging for tolerance, we should be beyond that. Like, we should be snapping acceptance and demanding acceptance but, and right, integration. Is that it sounded more like tolerance, you know, than it sounded. Like, oh, I don't judge. I, I, you know, right. we're all gods, bam, bam. And it's like, okay, well, that's that's nice to, to be able to have a position you know, where of privilege, where right. you are allowed to not judge, where you are, right. where you are allowed to, I'm sorry, not allowed to not judge, but allowed to say that you, you don't judge. Right? right. But not everybody are in these same positions. You need to talk about more than just judgment. You need to talk about acceptance and embracing and seeing people for who they are and not, you know, it's like, it's like that dismissive, I can hear like people from my hometown be like, Oh, I, I don't judge, do whatever. And 
that's great, wonderful. Uh, you come from the deep south now? <laughs> are you are you actually standing up for? Do you actually right. believe that these people have a right to exist, whoever these people we are talking about are? Right? Like, for sure. Do you, do you do anything to help when these marginalized communities are hurting? Are you are you or are you just simply like are you voting to help? Or are you, again, just tolerant? And that's the difference, is tolerance versus actually giving a shit. Like, oh, cool, you're not going to hurl insults my way. That must be nice to, to like, have that choice where, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Well, not, I mean, I, you're right. I mean, and I'm bringing it up in terms of this other issue because the reality is, is there isn't a level of comfort universally here or internationally around being comfortable. Like, look, we live under capitalism. No joke. If we can't make money, we're fucked. And like dealing with like, you know, kind of like passive discriminatory, discriminatory processes um, in hiring or like, you know, unhealthy or unsafe feeling workplaces. All this shit is not where we should be at, you know. So if if you're going to speak on issues that pertain to our community, like be demanding like safer means, be demanding that like, you know, we need ways to lift ourselves out of like poverty and like out of violent situations, <laughs> like, you know, not judgment. Okay, fine. But like, don't kill me either. Like, like let's, let's be a little bit more forceful with how we talk about it because it's passive about something that needs action is not the way. Yeah. And like, I, you know, it, it's to me, with the wealth of knowledge we know around gender and sexuality now, um, you know, like scientifically and emotionally and psychologically speaking, we should be having a much different conversation by now about sexuality and gender than we are. And, you know, and that's because a lot of language still used is like under oppression and repression kind of like psychology about our community, you know, and that, that, that is a tough rock to get from, from under, you know, sort of speak, you know, and like, I love fierce Queens, but like, you can't get pissed on a bitch who doesn't feel comfortable to come out because they're afraid their coworkers are going to fucking put sugar in their gas tank or break their windshield. All of things of which had happened to me when I came out at work as a teenager, by the way. So like, you know, you, you, you can't fault them for feeling like they need to code and not like, you know, directly being able to come out to people because there is like a fear there. And then the fear is justified. <laughs> you know, I don't agree with like, you know, all of the like kind of Harvey Malk premise that we need everybody to come out. Well, you know, privileged fucks, you should definitely come out because you have less to risk. <laughs> but asking people that are not necessarily in those positions where they have a buffer and yes, money is a buffer to oppression. I'm sorry. It is, you know, like if you don't have that kind of buffer in your life, there is real risk and real fear involved. Not necessarily shame, you know, because that's what it gets conflated at sometimes. And I, I know it's a tricky conversation because, like, they're kind of in the same wheelhouse. But it's 
being afraid of like some kind of institutional like oppression or backlash is not necessarily shame. It's smart, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, I mean, people don't, when when you're somebody like Dolly, you don't have to think about survival. You, you just don't. are survival. Period. Yeah. Exactly. And and I guess that's my whole point of the conversation. Like, you know, we talk about like how to like really improve the lives of queer folks. Then like we need, yes, even the allies to start updating their language around how their allyship and ally language works, you know, and we need to stop clapping the ones that don't deserve a clap because they haven't gotten there yet. You know, and I am clapping Bad Bunny because he is a little bit more updated in the conversation and he is from a culture that struggles with a lot of toxic masculinity and he is like bringing that to the table and putting his huevos on the table (laughs) and saying fuck you, this is who I am, this is who I support, these are the people I love and are a part of and who's a part of my life, you know? And, like, that is, like, a huge kind of support, you know? Um, So, I mean, it would be great to see someone like Drake do a little bit more of that. (laughs) In my head, I see this top three artists, you know, and obviously, yes, we can, like, talk that there's, like, cultural repercussions for some of these individuals and their fan base, but... Fuck you. Again, it's the 21st century. You have a lot of money. You can take a fucking hit of losing a couple of stream sales to stand on the right side of history. <laughs> you know? Drake I mean, is problematic in and of itself. Sure. So, you know, like, no doubt. No doubt. It, <laughs> it, the good thing is we do have tons of queer artists yes. that are already in the, you know, they are they are in the movement because they are queer and yes of course they have the privilege to not have to deal with you know living in a small town and coming out and all that well some of them have had to deal with that depends on their age and when they came out and all that but luckily there are for example bisexuals like lady gaga who (laughs) like she she did show up at the march in washington she did give a speech there she you know so it's nice that also we do have some actual queer representation in like pop music and and the 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 types of media that are really you know getting into the masses if you will like For those sure. those are very important things to note but like it would be nice to see a tw- a Taylor Swift for example uh, right and you know what? Maybe she has. I don't fucking no, know. No, not really. I mean, she she loves right. her queer fans. Like, I mean, I swear the number of times I've heard people say I love my queer fans. Yeah, okay. If you love your queer fans so much, how about, like, take some of that money, sponsor some queer artists, like, whatever. Like, like go help get, like, a, a, a you know, anti-trans bill fucking squashed somewhere. Right. Go, you, like... Everything she does is so influential right. to the world, essentially, because of her fan base and how Absolutely. how many crazy amounts of people love her. Right. So a person like her has so much reach. It's like be responsible with it. And she has politically tried to align herself with the the proper things. Yeah, she she's was- she's gotten better at it. I think you know, in very recent years, though, like I, I you know. 
and 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 it's good. It's not enough. Like yeah, like listen, when Kim Kardashian is doing more <laughs> ground, like she truly is doing more work when it comes to, like she's trying to free prisoners that like you know got a, a bum deal on like their lawyer situation. This is the this is the one that's dating Bad Bunny, right? No, she's not dating no. Bad Bunny. Which one is dating Bad Bunny? Oh, one of the Jenner ones, right? Yeah, I can't, the young, one of the, I, I can't, keep, I can't I keep that fucking family straight. <laughs> I don't even know if they're still together. I have no clue. But Kim is like, you know, the head of the, the family, if you will. Yeah. And he's, you know, my point is that when somebody that has, you know, a reputation for n- n- not doing anything for groups of people is, mm. is out on top ahead of you and you have such high power, you need to do it. You yeah. just need to do it 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 needs to happen you need to come out and say that you are you know pro queer pro trans pro fucking everything yeah like how how hard would it have been to say instead of do not judge to say i fully support queer folks yeah like you can still make it folksy and sound all folky Yeah, like, and like, look, I am trying to be, I'm trying to like, be fair is a very folksy the way she worded it. She a very folksy person. But again, she's also a very wealthy woman of the world. So like, you know, this is somebody who has international fame, who has traveled and seen many different cultures. Like, you can take a chance in your like is she a hundred years old now, um and 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 like <laughs> at the twilight of your career at least and come out with a full, full strong statement. It's reprehensible what Tennessee and Texas and all these other places are doing. It's reprehensible. It's disgusting, and I fully support my queer fans, queer people, queer all over the world in their fight and struggle against like power, you know, like just fucking bring it girl. <laughs> like, is, that what she was, is that what she was referring to? I don't even fucking. Yeah. Know. I'm pretty sure she was referring to like a, a, an anti-trans bill that passed in, in, in Tennessee. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it passed. Um, it was about, I think gender affirming medicine. If I recall, um, again, what does that have to do with with people with addictions? I don't. Uh, absolutely nothing. Right. And so again, it's it's a confusing message. It's just it's a, a confusing, confusing message. message yep. And it gives people ammo to to say to you know, purposeful words essentially. If you don't say specifically purposeful words, then it's easy to twist them into whatever narrative that you want. I'm gonna get eaten alive by like queer cis affluent white men after this podcast, but they don't really listen to us, so yeah, I was gonna say, I don't I'm like, who is that? <laughs> I can't even think of one. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad we were able to trash like a celebrity for 40 minutes. Um, I think like it's goals and it, you know what it's I I will say the reason I wanted to talk about it is because like I understand I was raised 
in a very like queer idiom around like Dolly Love. Like, let's not forget that Kenny Rogers was a horrible conservative fuck and they were best friends. I'll just throw that little fucking piece in the mix too. Um, So like, (laughs) what can I say? (laughs) It's the company you keep. Um, But like, you know, I I was kind of, I felt like, I had so, like, ferociously was defending, like, a track record that I don't think I actually, in the end, was very confident about, especially when I started reading the historical quotes this individual has given, and they've all been kind of folksy, sitting-on-the-fence kind of fucking comments. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure, like, who keeps crowning this individual with, like, this iconic queer status, you know? Um right. At least Barbara Streisand has a queer child. I mean, (laughs) that she supports vehemently and his father does as well. So like, I think Elliot Gould, yeah, I think that's a kid's father or something. I don't know. I used to know all this shit about like white female. I mean, a question was, you know, raised, why is Judy Garland such a fucking icon for queers too? The only coding that I see... Or the only thing I see with Judy Garland's iconic like status is that she was in a movie that a lot of people appreciated a lot of queer coding covertness with, but not because she herself was actually like rah rah rahing for queer rights. Like, yeah, that's and that's that's the problem. That's yeah. like the number one problem right there is that again, it's it's like well, this is enough, right? The I think that we're we're confusing the idea that somebody could be, you know, I don't know. Liked. Queer icon. You can like them, but that doesn't people mean... People, people use the word queer icon when sometimes they just mean this person was mistaken as queer and everybody loved it. Or exactly. this person played a queer character. We don't if we don't know how they feel about it. I don't think they're a queer icon, but I understand how that came to be. Yeah. I understand why there was this con- kind of conf- I don't know. Conflate it's, it's, it's a conflation. It's it's language, it's, you know? it's 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 conflating like, you know, maybe people that don't deserve a certain mantle that they've been given. Like I I I think that Lady Gaga has written songs for queer folks and and speaking to them and that I think that the support is there. I'm not a huge fan, but that's okay. <laughs> I can recognize like the contribution to the community on some level and her being a part of the community on some level in the same ways that I can for a Madonna or a Bette Miller. But like I am going to critique when I don't see like the evidence of that. Like um real quick, I don't did you see have you seen the stuff Laron Marlon Marlon Wayans? Um, their son is trans, um, and and he's said actually a really lot of like cool stuff, uh, like in interviews and stuff about it recently. Um, yeah, I did. I did stumble upon a, a couple articles or something like that. Yeah, I was. I have to say, I was kind of like, that. Like, was surprising news of the week. Not that I ever thought the Wayne brothers were like fucking bigots towards queers or anything. They like definitely love to play it up in a lot of their stuff, which can be seen as like shady sometimes. But um, you know, I thought like. Well, that's good to at least see that and to, like, give interviews and give, like, you know, vocal public support, you know. It's got to be, 
you know, don't we all wish our parents had been able to do the same for us? Um, you know, for sure. So, anyways, but yeah, fuck yeah, we trashed Dolly. Fuck. <laughs> Let the I yeah, see. I wish we had like listeners that would send us some hate mail. At least then I would have something to address. You know, like tell us what you think. Fucking message us. Follow us. Like you know, subscribe to us. All that jazz. Yeah, do that. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to collect a thought, and then you, like, did that, and I was like, oh, shit, wait, we're done. Oh, I'm a bitch. I'm sorry. I I, I never collected You know what it is? I got to pee, I think. (laughs) I have a migraine, so things are a little fuzzy right now for me. But anyway, thanks for tuning in to the Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and A-Love. You can follow us online at the Screw NYC. And send us a message. Let us know you're listening. You know, we'd like to, to hear that there's people that give a shit. Okay, yeah. thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Where are the buttons? Oh, my God. Where are the buttons? There's one button. 